Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, and we are on episode 112. Holy cow. I must be getting old. Nobody told me. Anyway, so welcome. Today is February the 8th, uh, 2024. And uh, we're getting ready for Lent, so we want to welcome everybody, and let's begin by praying. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Father, our God of love and mercy, we beg you by your power to send your Holy Spirit upon us, and lead us, and guide us, and help us to do your holy will. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, welcome. I can't believe that Lent is coming again next Wednesday already, Valentine's Day. Um, I should have a podcast next Thursday. Um, but it's going to be really hit and miss because now that Lent starts next week, I have uh, talks almost every weekend throughout the country. And um, like next weekend, I will be down in, uh, uh, well, this weekend I'm doing a retreat in area, our DME retreat, the Divine Mercy Encounter. So that begins tonight at 6 o'clock and ends on Friday at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon, so you got to be praying for us. It's a long, long, long weekend, but fantastic weekend. A lot of people come to Jesus on these DME, uh, and we're getting them ready so we can send them throughout the whole world. It's a, a pro, uh, used to be a tech program, um, which are all over the place, and then they went and changed it, so I rewrote the whole retreat program, and it's called Divine Mercy Encounter, and it's a have an encounter of mercy. And so everything's being videoed. All the talks are outlined, which I put together in that and the whole weekend. So anyone in the world can ask for this and we'll give it to them free of charge. And um, then they can put on a weekend uh, at their place. And it's a fantastic, it's high school kids, college kids and adults, men and women all in the same weekend. And it's fantastic. Uh, a lot of our seminarians, uh, and priests have come from our uh, tech or DME weekend. A lot of marriages have happened. People will start going to daily mass. It's a fantastic reality. So, but then next weekend, I have to fly and go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to do a, um, a men's conference, I believe, down there too. So when I do uh, Saturday talks, that means I have to fly out of Pittsburgh or Cleveland, and so I leave usually at the first flight out in the morning in case something happens where you miss flights and everything else. It can still get me there that night, so I have to always go down because I can't fly out of Erie anymore, so I got to drive two hours to uh, Pittsburgh or Cleveland, get a hotel, and so if it gets, uh, sometimes it's just too late for me to get on the road, especially if the weather's bad, so if we get bad weather, uh, on any of these Thursdays, then I'll go and drive earlier. So I don't have to drive in the dark um, to get to Pittsburgh. So I'd have to cancel uh, Anchored in Hope just to give you a heads up. But if you're in the area, men next uh, weekend, I'll be down in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then the following week, I'll be in Denver, Colorado, 
uh, for a um, men's conference up in Denver the following Saturday. And then that Monday, uh, I fly down to Orlando, Florida to do a parish mission in Holy Family, Florida. Um, And this will be the first time I ever went back to a parish where I had already done a parish mission. And so they asked me to come, and it's been over 10 years. And so I said, yes, so I will be down in Holy Family. Um, Oh, I think it's the first week of March. I don't know, but if you're in there, it's for men and women, of course, whole families. You can come and be part of us, and it would be a a fantastic thing. So I'm going to be in order. Oh, jeez. No, I'm going to be. I'll be in Orlando. Uh, the 26th of February to the 29th of February. And then uh, on the 2nd, we have our 2232 Men's Conference, which is here in Erie. So I'll be flying back that morning and go uh, uh, Friday night and have our men's dinner and that. And so then I'll, that, so if you're in the Erie, uh, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland, encourage you to come to our men's conference. We have great speakers this year. And then on the 4th, I go to Fremont, Ohio, which is outside of Toledo, and I will be doing a parish mission there in Fremont, Ohio, and that'll be every night from 6.30 to 8.30. And then um, I have on the Saturday the 9th, I go to Garden Grove, California for a men's conference. And then I come back, and then on the 11th of March, I'm doing a parish mission at the Cathedral of St. Mary in uh, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, So if you're up there, this will be my first time in the Wyoming area. I encourage you to come up, and then we have, uh, gosh, a bunch of whole stuff coming up. So all you have to do is go to our The Reason for Our Hope Foundation um, and then go... uh, Father Larry's speaking schedule, and I'll give you all the details for all that stuff, Sheriff. In any of those ways, in the next month, I encourage you to come. Anyway, what I want to focus on today is to get us ready for Lent, and we have done this a couple times, more than a couple times. And um, I just think if you've been going to Mass every day, or if you follow, um, if you follow my daily Mass and listen to the homilies, but especially this week, the all the readings have to do with our heart, huh? that God wants us to change our hearts. And gosh, it's so much different than so many people do when it comes to um, what they do for Lent. And so I think that when Jesus, like this last week, he says, it isn't what goes into the body that causes one to be impure. It's when it goes out of the body. Uh, that, and that's for what's in our hearts, you know, lust, uh, idolatry, anger, licentiousness, all these things. And I think that sometimes they go in one ear and not the other. You know, years ago, Pope Francis talked out, if you want to fast, and he gave a thing, and I'm going to read this. And again, they put it on, it's been online, it's been around forever. But the people would sit there and say, no, that's not enough. God wants us to fast. Oh, he does. But he wants us to fast from the things that cause us to sin. And uh, the thing that causes most of us, all of us, to sin is our pride. And so when we're getting ready for Lent, we've got to focus on that doing things our way. So again, you cannot do 
what you normally do. You cannot already have decided what you're going to do for this Lent because every year you give up chocolate or you give up TV. That's not enough. It's not even close because it's still doing things your way. And that's the opposite of what Jesus is calling you and me to do. He wants us to ask him and then focus on our sin, what's our core sins. And a lot of our core sins, for some of you, would be lust, but most of you, it is not. It could be your pride. It could be your judgment. It could be your anger. It could be all kinds of stuff. So then you have to focus on that and then think, okay, what am I going to do this Lent that's going to change my heart? Again, one of the things I heard years ago, and I still hate it, even in most regards to my life, he says, um, well, the saying is, you can tell a tree by its fruit, of course, Jesus said. But what does that mean? So when you get squeezed, what comes out of you? That's how you can tell what your fruit is by the, uh, the, the juice it p- comes forth, right? So when I get squeezed, I get angry. Huh? So that means anger is one of my core sins. Now again, uh, I think I'm beyond judging myself for my anger. I mean, everybody else does it for me. I don't have to. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it comes from very deep issues in me from the way I was growing up. And again, uh, the rejection, the hurt, all this kind of stuff. And it's the way we protect ourselves. And so um, still deal with it, still dealing with it. But so how, as I get starting Lent next week, where the point of this is to become more like Jesus and less like Larry, huh? And so what is it that I'm going to have to do to deal with my anger issue so I become better? And I am better than I was, but I'm still, uh, you know, just I, I had a doctor's appointment before I came here and I'm driving here to hurry up to make sure I get back and people get in my way and I get irritated driving you know uh so if you ever see me drive and you sit there and see father larry screaming in the car and he goes is that father larry yes that's father larry oh he isn't very jesus like like that is he yes you're correct he isn't except for today if you listen to the gospel jesus wasn't very nice to the uh syrio phoenician woman huh you know, when she asked for something for her daughter and he says, you don't give food from the table to the dogs. He called her a dog. It was bad. You know, so again, sometimes we think Jesus tiptoed through the tulips and he was always gentle and loving and, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, Jesus was, um, he yelled at Peter in front of everybody, he hurt his feelings. I'm sure he hurt her feelings. And what did she do? she come back at him. Isn't that great to come back at God with faith? Wow. Her heart was fully focused on Jesus and faith that he could do anything, even if uh, it didn't sound like he would. She knew he would. So anyway, so what is it in our heart? What is our core sin that we must deal with? Again, if we go to the readings for Ash Wednesday, and I always love this. Let me pull them up here. For Ash Wednesday, of course, Ash Wednesday this year is Valentine's Day. huh? And that's not fun when you have to fast on that day. But anyway, so the gospel for the day is from Matthew, I believe. Yep. And so 
let's listen and, and let's listen to what Jesus says. Okay, let's focus on Jesus here and what He's telling us to do. So, this is Matthew chapter six, verse one to six, and then again it uh, skips six to and it goes to sixteen and eighteen. Jesus said to his disciples, "Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people will see them." Otherwise, you have no recompense from your heavenly Father. So he says, if you do things so people can see like, oh, look what they gave up for Lent, and then you're a martyr all Lent, and you tell everybody what you did, and you go to someone's house, and you gave up dessert, and they're giving you dessert, and you go, oh, no, 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 I can't have dessert. You know, I gave up dessert for Lent. It would be better if you took the dessert and kept your mouth shut because now you're denying yourself and not pervading and telling everybody how holy you are. But that's all beside the point. Now, so don't do it. And he says, if you do, so everybody can see, you have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, that means to take care of the poor. Do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites, the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and then your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in synagogues and on street corners, and others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance. Uh, others, they may appear to be others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face <clears throat> so that you may not appear to be fasting except your Father who is in heaven, who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So here, traditionally, we get the three things of Lent, a teaching of the church. There should be three things we focus on, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And so if Jesus is telling us these three things, these are things that you and I must do for Lent. Huh? Now, the first thing it comes to is prayer. And so prayer is, of course, you growing in relationship with Jesus. So that got to be more than just saying more prayers, but it got to include growing in relationships. So that means that you have more silence in prayer. So it might mean that every day this Lent, you might sit there and say, I'm going to say a rosary every day, Father. Fantastic. You should be doing a rosary every day no matter what. But let's say you do say a rosary. Fantastic. You got to make sure, though, that when you're saying the rosary, you're not just rattling on like the pagans do, not just saying a bunch of words to get it in so you can get your rosary in every day. You got to meditate on the mystery. Huh? So you enter into it. So you're watching with the eyes of Mary, and you are listening to what God, what Mary wants to tell you. So every time you come before God, you're going to be still, right? Again, the teaching of the church is who made me. God made me. Why did God make me? God made me to 
know him, love him, and serve him in this world so I can be happy with him forever and the next. Well, how do I get to know God? Scriptures say in Psalm 46, verse 10, or verse 11, depending on your scripture. I was teaching on this last night, and everybody had a, a different verse. Some had verse 11 out of 46. Some had verse 10 and 46. Anyway, it's traditionally 10. I have on my wall 11 because uh, that's what my scripture is, and it would be interesting yours, but it's all beside the point. Uh, how does God tell us to get to know God? Be still and know that I am God. So this Lent to incorporate some stillness in your walk and your prayer life. So take at least five minutes and be silent with Jesus. Huh? Develop that time of listening. I was talking to a bunch of high school kids last night in my old parish where I was ordained, and it was fantastic because I used to have a youth group there. And, and so I was feeling real good being there. And then one of the kids says, uh, who's 20 years old, he was helping the youth, and uh, he says, Father, you had my dad in class at prep. Miserable. <laughs> so anyway, I felt old. But so I was talking to them about you have to know that you know that you know that you know Jesus. huh? And so... You, I want you to really think about, again, I'm not with you. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm just asking you the question, and you have to answer this between you and God. Do you really know Jesus? Do you know him like you know your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your husband, your wife, your best friend? Do you have a relationship with him? Can you tell me what he said to you this morning? Huh? Again, so what my thing at no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed, you can decide to start doing that this Lent so that you begin every day listening to God instead of saying more prayers. Again, last weekend I was in Waco, Texas, and we have the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, and we have a thing there called uh, Heroic Men. It's a fantastic group. And we try to help coordinate all the men's ministry in the United States. And there's a great app there for you men out there, and it's called Heroic Men. And it's a free, 100% free app. And there's a lot of great speakers there, a lot of great talks, almost all kinds of stuff I have is on there. Um, and new talks, all kinds of stuff just for men. So if you're a man, I encourage you to get... And it's again, it's a very simple, you just go to your app, and it's just called Heroic Men, Heroic Men. And um, it's for men. I mean, all the talks have to do with men, the books, everything. Um, one of my talks, the last one I did, is called Sons of the Father with Father Larry Richards. But there's fantastic, all kinds of stuff on here. And um, so I'd encourage you to do that because you're listening but while we were there, we did a holy hour in the morning. And uh, like I always say, before we do anything, we have to seek God's will. If we're going to be leaders, we have to make sure we're listening to God. So we're doing a holy hour. So one of the guys says, uh, Father, can we say the rosary? Of course. Um, but then he wanted to say a scripture rosary. I go, no. And he goes, well, why is that? And I says, because it takes too long, and I want you to be listening more than you're talking to God. Okay, Father. Because sometimes we try to fill up our time with God with doing things even good things but remember the prophet would come before God and say speak Lord I'm 
listening, not shut up, God, I'm talking. So it's important that we say the rosary and do divine mercy. I do it every day in my holy hour, but that I make sure that there's at least half hour of silence. Um, so to incorporate silence in your day. So if you start with the scriptures, so this morning the scripture for me, when I got up uh, later, I've been trying to get more sleep because I'm better that way. Anyway, so, but when I got up, I sat there and um, I asked the Holy Spirit to speak to me. My Bible's right next on my bedstand, and so before I go do anything, um, Lord, speak to my heart your word. And it came to uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, Therefore you are inexcusable, you who judge your brother. Hmm. So God, before I got out of bed this morning, told me, I cannot judge my brothers. Huh? And again, it went on before. And again, so, sometimes when I even talk about this, a lot of uh, people turn me off or they'll turn this off right now because they want to follow Jesus their way and not the way God is calling them to because they're not listening. But anyway, so here it says, Romans chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, you are without excuse, every one of you who pass judgments. I had an older translation that was coming right at me. For by the standard by which you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you, the judge, do the very same things. We know that the judgment of God on those who do such things is true. So, He says, St. Paul, which is but the Holy Spirit speaking through St. Paul, says, you can't judge others because you do the same thing. And again, if it's not the exact same thing, you're doing other things, right? And so that's what God said to me this morning. Now, I didn't like it, in case you're wondering. But I had to hear it. And I've had to talk to God about it all day. How am I judging? And I do it all the time. It's not God's will for me to do that, but I do it all the time. Now, again, as people say a thousand times, well, Father, we got to judge actions. Yes, we do, but we can't judge people. So you can say that that's a sin, but you can't say you're in sin. You understand? You can never tell anybody you're in mortal sin. Can't do it because you don't know it takes three things commit a mortal sin serious matter full knowledge full consent of the will and since you're not in their heart you don't know if they had full knowledge or full consent of the will you just don't know so you can say they did a serious sin but you can't say you're in mortal sin you cannot but people do it all the time i do it but usually i'm doing it in confession where it's appropriate for me to do it but anyway but god is telling us all that just mind your own business. <laughs> because again, boy, do I, I have found out almost 95% of the time when I judge somebody, I am completely wrong in that judgment. Especially if I don't know them. And think about how many people we all judge who we don't even know. And we saw one thing that they did, and yet we make a judgment about their whole being, their whole spiritual life because of one thing or one belief they have. We have no idea what's going on in their heart. We have no idea how they grew up. We have no idea um, their issues in life, and yet we judge them. And yet, we don't want anybody to judge us. Huh? Again, we always want mercy. And some people are mercy for me, 
but judgment for everybody else, right? And so we can't be doing that. We got to be people who are uh, listening to God in prayer. So you got to listen. Second thing you got to do is you got to pray. So how are you going to add silence into your time so you can develop your relationship? You got to fast. And again, fasting is not just giving up food or giving up chocolate. Please, every year, those of you who give up chocolate or Coke or your favorite food and then tell everybody else about it, and we have to listen to your martyrdom forever and ever and ever, is just exactly opposite of what Jesus is saying. I don't care if you've always done it that way. It's time for you to stop doing what you always do and start doing what Jesus tells you to do. I'm just trying to get your stuff here. Um... But so we sit there, and so this is what the Holy Father said a couple years ago, and again, everybody judges him because, again, he's the Holy Father, and uh, people think that they're better than him, and anybody that thinks that, of course, is in deep pride, objectively. I don't say that individually because I don't know. But so here's what Pope Francis said. Do you want to fast this Lent? Then fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. And someone says, we're supposed to be in suffering. But if people are in Christ, even in in suffering, there can still be joy and there can still be uh, gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and have trust in God. Fast from complaining and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent so you can listen. So that is true fasting. In fact, that is the type of fasting Jesus would ask us to do. He wants us converted, not just give up some things for Lent so we can eat it real big on Easter Sunday. He wants us to change our lives this Lent and every Lent. So don't just be focused on what you always give up. Focus on the sins of your life you're called to give up because you're called to repent of those, to get them out of your life. And Lent's a good time to do that. And then finally, you have to be people that focus on almsgiving. So prayer, fasting, almsgiving. You should do something on each of these things. So we take care of the poor. Why? So we can forget about ourselves for a while. Lent is about uh, forgetting yourself, not about focusing on yourself. So any of the things that keep you, that you do for Lent, if it keeps you focused on yourself, then that's not a good thing to be doing. And so when you decide you're going to take care of the poor, that it can be something like you carry, like again, I've told you before, I uh, every time I run out, I go out and get a $100 bill, get it changed into all ones and carry it with me in the car. And so if I see somebody, if usually, not always, because sometimes it's the same people and they're using the system, and that was a judgment, I know. But I give them something, because even a dollar can do something. Even the people that come to my parish, if they're looking for help, I always say, always give them something. Always give them something. So to take care of the poor of that, to get involved in like Haiti 180, um, which is a fantastic thing by Sean Forrest, and you uh, adopt a kid, or you, it's only $15 a month, we can all do that. Or you get involved in Mary's Meals, or you get involved in a charity in your area. Um, but you do something for somebody else for Lent. 
even if you are going to fast, I always say, make sure you don't fast for yourself. Fast for somebody else that they would come to know Jesus. Huh? Um, so again, Lent is this conversion of our lives so we can become more like Jesus. We're imitating Jesus, and so we can become more like him. And since he lives inside of us, he's not up there somewhere, he's inside. So I have to get out of the way so people can see Jesus. So he tells us how to do that. He would pray and listen to his father. He would fast and spend the night in prayer and fasting so he could then be filled with the God of the universe. That's why we fast. We empty ourselves so God can fill us with himself. And he always took care of the poor. Remember, that's the first way he introduced himself, to reach out to the poor. Are we people who take care of the poor? And again, the number one question when I ask us all the time is, do you take care of the poor? And they say, I try. People, there is no try. You do it. Or they'll say, if I can, you can always take care of the poor. And again, you don't have to take care of every person you see. But you have to consistently give 10% of your income to God. And that can be to the poor. I wouldn't give it all to the church, please. We get plenty. You know, 5% to the church because they feed you every week and 5% to the poor is a good way to do it. Huh? But we do it because we want to forget about ourselves. We want to empty of ourselves ourself so God can fill us with him. So in prayer, we listen so God can fill us with him. In fasting, we empty ourselves of judgment and all these other things that we do so he can fill ourselves with him. We take care of the poor and we give away what we have so God can fill us with even more abundance. You can never outgive God in generosity. So if you're, if you're not a, a, a person that normally takes care of the poor, you try God this Lent. But... So there should be three things you're going to be doing for Lent this year, Ash Wednesday. Prayer, how to grow in your relationship with God, make sure you're in court and silence, scripture reading, all that kind of stuff. Two, fasting, doesn't have to be uh, physical fasting, it could be fasting from TV, fasting from anger, fasting from judgment, as all the Holy Father told us, and then you must do something for the poor. So I don't care if you've done the same things every year, you must must do what God wants you to do this year. So you got to ask him. And the church teaches you must do one. You have to do one of each of these three categories. So pick one of each category, do it, and do it so you can forget about yourself and just do it so you can show Jesus that you love him. It's about being focused on God, not about yourself. Got it? Get it? Going to do it? Do you hate me? I know some of you do. It's like, ah, oh, I don't even know why I watch you, Father. I know. I don't even know why I talk half the time. But anyway, so let's go to the questions and what's going on online. Harry again, first there. And so from France, it's great to have you. Uh, lady is crazy. Steve, good to have you. Father, can you give us idiots guide to explaining the dubia? I don't um, know what all that stuff is, Harry. Um, but I can tell you, the Holy Father, I'm guessing this would be about the last thing um, that he talks about when he talked about blessing um, gay couples. 
And um, just today, it came out this morning, he said, people that have problems with this are hypocrites. And again, objectively. Because they have no problem if we dress, uh, if we uh, bless rich people who are taking uh, advantage of the poor who are very great sinners. But then they have problems us blessing somebody else. Again, as I've talked about, no one can come to God except by grace. You don't, you don't convert and then come to God. God gives you his grace and then you convert. So when it comes to telling people they have to change, isn't it amazing? Nobody does. But if they have the grace, now they can change. So when you bless somebody, you're blessing them with the presence of God so that they can convert all of us. Most of us see blessings as just the way God's going to give us great things. Yes, after you convert. So everyone, everyone, everyone deserves to be blessed. And that's what the Holy Father's been saying. And so it's just that simple. Everybody is loved by God. Everybody deserves the grace of God. And when we get that grace, then we can change. But we cannot change until we get the grace. Isn't it amazing the way Jesus dealt with people? Is he set them free from their slavery? I mean, Jesus did it, but all the way in the Old Testament, before God gave the commandments to the people, he set them free from their slavery. So Jesus wants to set us free from our slavery, and all sin, all sin is slavery, so that we can live forever. And so after we come to know being set free from slavery, then we can then start living the way God wants us to live, by his grace. The church hasn't worked. And again, if people don't get it, we are not growing in America because we are become the most judgmental group of people ever, especially as Christians, in Jesus' name. But people will only convert if they've known the freedom of Jesus Christ. You see, we keep trying to tell people, if you change, then God will give you grace. Wrong! God gives you grace, then you can change. Huh? So when people sit there, and uh, that's because with the way we teach people, we teach them the Ten Commandments before they ever teach them the, uh, to ever experience the, uh, the mercy and the, uh, being set free from all their slavery to sin. And we got to do it the other way. We got to set people free from their slavery so that they are free then to do God's holy will. So, if that's what you're talking about, Harry, uh, I'm not 100% sure because uh, I couldn't read it right. Duly, uh, I have no idea. And if it's in Latin, I don't know any Latin at all. So, sorry. Lady is crazy. Can a mass intention be done for non-Catholic? Yes, it, of course it can. I'm the only Catholic in my extended family with both parents deceased. Oh, I am Susan. Hi, Susan. Our lady is crazy. It's good to see you. Uh, yes, you can have masses for uh, non-Catholics. My father was uh, died a Protestant, and I have mass for him all the time, and people have masses for him all the time. Julia, hi, Julia. Good to see you. Paul and I, as always, are praying for you and your parish. Thank you. Uh, Bruce, Erie to Charlotte, to anywhere in the world. Yeah, there you go. Danielle Stark. I was in Toledo last Sunday, February 4th, for the walleye game. Best part of the is they won 9-1. to one. There you go. Father, I think my core sin is being anxious, and that must mean my faith is not strong enough. How can I do better? Again, the more you come to know the love of God, the less you become anxious. So 
yeah, like I was telling the kids last night, you got the only way, the only way to fall in love with Jesus is to spend time with him. And then when you spend time with him, again, all this stuff that's been going on in the world. And so I've been reflecting on my relationship with Jesus because I, I want to do, do what was 100% true. I don't want to fudge truth. I don't want to hear fudge truth. I just want to hear truth. I want to talk about true objective reality. And so since I have known Jesus since I was 17 years old and I'm 63 next month, 64, I have never, ever in prayer experienced God in anything else than his love of me. Never. 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 Now sometimes he's had to kick my butt from one side of the chapel to the other because I say stupid things. But I've always known his love. Always. And I'll never forget when I was in Rome, I was a young seminarian for the first time, maybe 18, and I went to confession and um, never know who the priest was. Again, it's been 30 years ago, 30, oh my gosh, 40 years ago. Um, and I went to confession and he looked at me and he says, uh, it was behind his screen, but he says, you know what your problem is, don't you? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I have plenty of them, Father. And I go, no, Father, what is that? And he says, you just don't know how loved you are by God. And that clicked right with me. I knew it because every time I went to pray, I always experienced the love of God. One of my first experiences of God is I was at my grandmother's house and I had my own place on the first floor. Uh, she had a like a uh, duplex. And so uh, I'm sitting in a rocking chair of my other grandmother who had passed. And I'm just sitting there thinking of God and praying to God. And I had such, one of my very first experiences is that I had the experience of our Father holding me and loving me. A jerk like me, can you imagine? But if God has been nothing but love to me, even in sin, even before I really knew him, and it's been his love that constantly challenges me to be better, to deal with my sin, to be better with other people. It's his love that has done that. And so that's what we got to bring to others. I really believe that people who are harsh with others in the judgment thing have never experienced the love of God. I just, you know, and I said this a couple months ago and someone sat there and said, I know God's love, Father. <laughs> I just said, okay, if you have to say it that way, you don't. Once you know God, you know that he's in charge of everything. You know that God, the Old Testament, was before Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for sin. So the justice we all look for isn't the justice of mercy. It's a justice of life before Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, he himself paid the price for all sin and gave us the grace that we could repent. Huh? So we got to always make sure, do I know God as he is? Do I know Jesus? Do I know his mercy? Huh? Anyway, so let's go on. 
So hopefully that helps. Only issued Flying Erie, Cleveland, two nights at 1.30, I know. Good afternoon, everyone from Florida. Hello. Ladies, crazy. Susan, my mind travels during prayer, and I have to keep pulling back. Any suggestions? Yes, just keep reading the Word of God. And like this morning, when God spoke to me before I did anything else, Pray the Holy Spirit. God, speak to me. I open the word of God, and this is what he says. I don't want you to judge. You know, so now I have to deal with this all day with him. You know, So God started prayer this morning because he spoke to me before I spoke to him. And now I've had a dialogue with him all day about this. Um, so spend more time in the word, and that will help you to focus more. I struggle with addiction that is mortally, morally, it's mortally sinful. I go to confession every week. And um, I'm, you know, if you have mortal sin, you should go to confession every week. But the problem is, is it also gives you an out because, oh, yeah, I'm going to sin now because I'll go to confession on Saturday. So to be forgiven, you must repent. Repentance means when you go to confession, I'll never do this again. Now, you got to know that if you have mortal sin, uh, you have to have full Conf- uh, serious matter, full knowledge, and I'm sure you have both of those. But do you have full consent of the will? So, full consent of the will, meaning that if, if God would look at you right now and say, uh, I'll set you free from this, so you never do it again. Do you want me, do you want to be set free? And if you go, yes, I want to be set free, then your will is to do God's will, but so you uh, don't have full consent of the will. So you wouldn't objectively be in mortal sin. My focus got to be on Jesus, not on yourself. And Jesus came to set you free. So you got to start doing things that are going to get you set free from this. If not, you're going to keep falling into the same thing. So how do you deal with temptation? The way Jesus dealt with temptation. So you must do this. Listen to the priest. This will set you free if you do as I tell you, I promise you. So pay attention. Every one of you who are struggling with mortal sin, hear me, do as Jesus did. What did he do? He knew who he was. And I just talked about this, but we'll go through it again. At the baptism, Mark chapter 1, verse 11, God the Father told him who he was. You are my beloved son. You are my son who I love, with whom I am pleased. Because Jesus Christ lives within you, in you, the sinner. That's all of us, just so you know. God lives inside of you. So when you go to pray, God says, you are my son or my daughter whom I love and I'm pleased with you. And then immediately you tell God, no, you can't because I'm filled with sin. And he goes, shut up. Why do you come into my presence and look at yourself? Why don't you come into my presence and look at me? So in your prayer, you got to listen to God. You are my son or you are my daughter, but you got to look at him in love. He loves you. His love will set you free. Isn't it amazing? You've went to confession every week for how many years? Have you stopped sinning? No, Father. Then it's not working. You got it? It's not working. Doing what you've been doing has not been working. So listen to me. You must, in your prayer, look at God and not you. Listen to God and not you. How many times have you heard me say, God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. 
What do you call yourself by? Beloved son or a sinner? If you call yourself a sinner, you're giving yourself permission to sin every week, every day. Why? Because I'm just a sinner. No, you're a beloved son. And so you got to know who you are. Jesus knew who he was. You must pray until you know who you are, a beloved child of God. Second, you have, if you've been baptized and you couldn't go to confession if you weren't baptized, you have the spirit of God inside of you, right? The spirit of the living God. Another word for that is dynamite, dynamism. It's the power of God lives inside of you. So you just can't say, well, I'm just weak, Father. You're not just weak. You have God living inside of you, the dynamite of God. So what does the devil do to Jesus? I mean, the Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit led Jesus into the desert. Why? To be tempted by Satan. Whenever you and I are tempted, we're not tempted by ourselves. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. You have the power of God inside of you. So the devil will keep you focused on yourself and your weakness, and you say, no. I have the spirit, the power of God inside of me. So you don't have to fight the devil alone. Your temptation. Because if not, you're just going to confession every week. Nothing's changing. You just feel bad about yourself and you have to go worse and you sin again. You do nothing like that's working. I'm telling you how this will work. I've been doing this a long time. First, know who you are, beloved child of God. Two, know the power of God within you. Three, How did Jesus defeat Satan? You know, he shows us all this, and we're going to hear it the first Sunday of uh, Lent here, but he shows us all this, how to deal with temptation so we can get set free from this stuff. He takes the word of God, which is himself, but he takes the word of God, and he shoves it down the devil's throat. And what happens? The devil runs. So I want you to sit there and go to Google or whatever search engine you use and whatever your sin is, whether it's lust, usually it's lust. People constantly focus on their lust so that don't focus on all their other sins, you know. So a person goes to confession every week and say, I was impure at myself, Father, da, da, da. Okay, and I say, so what other sins have you done? I was the only one. You have plenty of other sins. You have pride, you have judgment, you have uh, all kinds of stuff, but you're focusing on the one so you don't have to deal with the other one. So, You got to sit there. What's your core sin? The one you're always going back to. Put in Google scriptures that help with your core sin. Memorize one or two scriptures that have to do with your core sin. And when the devil comes and starts tempting you at the beginning of it, you take the word you have memorized and you shove it down the devil's throat and he will leave you. If you just say, oh, no, I'm just weak. I'm going to give in. Oh, okay. You're not doing as I tell you. I'm telling you how to be set free from your sin. So you just don't go to confession every week because it's not working. This will work if you do as I tell you. Know who you are. Know the power inside of you. Take the word of God and shove it down the devil's throat. You got it? You get it? You going to do it? You better. (laughs) So I know. I want to be strong in that because I want all of you to really pay attention to what I'm telling you. No more excuses about I just sin and I keep following the same thing. Because again, to be forgiven, what do you need? Repentance, which means I'll never do this again. And you have to mean that when you go to confession. Huh? That's necessary, just so you know. Okay. Do, 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 do. Good afternoon, Father. Good afternoon, Teresa.
I don't know what Jesus said to me this morning. I just know he awed with me. I just know he awed with I don't know what that means. Sorry. Am I able to receive the Eucharist while I'm struggling with addiction? Yes. As long as you, if God would, the best way I tell people to receive, if, if Jesus was to appear to you before you went to communion, and he says to you, will you let me set you free from this sin? And if you'd say, yes, God, I never want to do this sin again, then you can go to communion. But let's say you go to, uh, like, having sex with your girlfriend or something, and, you, and Jesus appears to you and says, do you want me to set you free from this sin? And you go, oh, no, Jesus, I like to sin. Then you better not go to communion or you'll bring a judgment upon yourself. You see the difference? God is just, and every sin must, must be punished. So if you embrace the sin, when God comes to punish the sin, he will punish you. If you reject the sin, I repent of the sin, then when God goes punish the sin, his mercy will fall upon you. So are you going to cling to God or are you going to cling to your sin? Cling to God, and then you're going to get set free. But yes, and then the, uh, the Eucharist, who is Jesus himself, who lives inside of you, who give you the strength to go against that, okay? Teresa, okay, say, I don't know, I got that, I got that. Teresa, how was your trip to Texas? Ah, I've noticed more people joining the daily mass from all over. God is good, I know. Um, it was very good. Glad to be home, but again, I'm, oh, the next, you got to be praying for me because I get so tired starting at 6 o'clock tonight, and then this next uh, three days till Sunday is very, very intense, and I get exhausted. So please pray for me that God would give me his spirit and the spirit would set me on fire so the people could watch me burn. Okay, praying for you and Father and all visiting Florida this week and returning to California on Saturday. Good job. We're praying for you. I'm winning. Dear Father Larry, we love you and are praying for you. We will be coming to Toronto. for Will you be coming to Toronto? Um, I was supposed to, but I don't think uh, I'm going to be up in Canada for men's conferences twice this year. I was supposed to be doing a parish mission up there outside of Toronto, but they canceled. So I don't, as far as I know, I don't have any up in Toronto. And it was not Toronto, it was Mississauga or whatever, but uh, yeah, as far as I know. Um, uh, Bruce, for Lent, I'm going to surrender the Holy Spirit and God and let you take control, take over, and he will give you the permission to be strong, loving, and wise. You got it, Bruce. Bruce, we will pray that you are successful at that. Surrender is hard, hardest thing ever, because surrender means you're going to have to die, just so you know, to self, so you can live for God and others. Father, I appreciate the morning Mass, and for all the individuals, join all prayer intentions and blessings. Me too. I was concerned about that uh, gentleman that always sits in the front row. I haven't seen him lately, hoping he is fine. He has cancer, so um, um, and he's in his 80s, and he's a fantastic guy. But so he can't always make it every day. So he hasn't been coming because uh, when he goes through the chemo and that, that really takes a number on him. And that's how you'll see. Uh, I put the mask on he, and he's there because his, uh, uh, his system is really weak. So I always make sure when you see me give out communion in the mask, you know he's there and I want to make sure if someone else is there, if they have a mask on, I want to make it uh, as safe as them for po- as possible. Okay. Father, I'm praying for you. But it's time with you. Please take care of yourself. Health, you got. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Harry, the three levels of veneration, how we venerate the saints, Blessed Mary, Virgin Mary, and God is one of those issues that separate us from our Protestant friends. And again, uh, we don't worship Mary as we do God. Uh, remember, she prayed with the apostles. 
and she prays with us. Uh, and so to pray means, it means talk. So whenever we uh, pray to the saints, if you will, we're talking to the saints, but we're not praying to them as we pray to God in any way, shape, or form. And so I think once Protestants know that, they don't have much of a problem with it. It's when they think, and there are people who never go to God. They always go to Mary or one of the saints, and I say, uh, excuse me, the very last thing Mary ever said in the scriptures was what? Do whatever he tells you. So you got to shut up and listen to God and whatever he tells you. But very good. How can you tell which verse is for you? Again, what brings you peace? So when you read the scripture, you just keep reading until God takes a two by four and whacks you over the head. And the whack two by four is peace. Like, so this morning, I knew that was God speaking to me. I didn't like it but it still gave me peace because this is what he wanted me to know and what he wants me to deal with in my own life. Um, And so whenever God hits me, uh, I come and hit everybody else. I don't know if you ever noticed that. But anyway, do-to-do. Hello, Father Larry. I'm watching from California. Hi, everybody. Hi. I hope you didn't get too bad in California. Depending where you are, they got so much rain there. It's crazy. Will Jesus judge us when we die, or does God allow us to choose to be with him or not by our actions of our life? Is this the same or different? Well, he is the judge of the living and the dead. But again, remember how, that's what I always tell people. Jesus, when he tells us how he's going to judge us, and he says, the, the ones he sends to hell forever, I was hungry and he gave me no food. I was thirsty and he gave me no drink. So that's why I'm going to say some, some people are going to be so surprised when they just focus their whole life on their own spirituality. And God says, get out of my sight, you condemned to the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Because I was hungry and he gave me no food. Huh? So you can pray all day, every day, just spend time doing all these things. But if you're not doing as Jesus said, and he's giving you the heads up, this is how he will judge you and me. Are we living our life for others? Are we living our lives for ourselves? We've got to be living for others. Okay. Honky Tonk, hi. Today's reading discussed when our heart is not entirely with God. How do we balance a busy life? And ah, you do everything for God in your busy life. So you make everything an act of love to God. So you go to work today, not just so you can make money and get it in and out. You go to work to glorify God. And you say, Jesus, I go to work today to show you I love you. You make it an act of love. Then your heart is fully on God not making money or whatever, okay? Father, would you ever consider doing something on Twitter? I have something on Twitter every day. I've been on Twitter for at least eight years. So just go to Father Larry Richards and you'll see all kinds of stuff on X uh, uh, Twitter. Every morning and every night I post, not only on Twitter, and it's also my uh, videos, my homilies, everything's on Twitter, you know, uh, so everything's there, so I do a lot on Twitter. I am not every day, not every day, but I do a lot on, uh, I do more and more now on um, TikTok. TikTok? Whatever it is. Okay. Uh, He is with me. Yes, he is. Willard, receiving Holy Eucharist unworthily. It is, is it a sin that can be pardoned by confession? Of course it is. I, I, re, I responded to you today in your email, Willard. Of course, don't focus on yourself and your son, y- yourself. You got to get over yourself. Focus on Jesus. Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sins, that sin too. So confess it, repent it, always. Don't be concerned about, oh, God will forgive me. 
Of course, God will forgive you. Of course, 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 of course. Go to confession. Get over this. The devil's keeping you focused on yourself and your sin. You tell the devil to go to hell. You focus on Jesus and his mercy, not yourself, not your past, not your sin. Get to confession and forget about it. Now, listen to me. I responded to you this very day on your email that you sent me. So look at your email and do as I tell you, okay? But thanks for being here. How is Father McCormick doing? Love the priest who said mass last week. Father McCormick, I just had dinner with him on Tuesday. Uh, He's doing very good. He started celebrating mass now, not just sitting in the pews. So every day gets stronger. So keep praying for him. Um, Is that Tom that Ruth asked about? I don't know what that means. Anyway, I got to get out of here. Uh, so again, we, I, start, I start a retreat in two hours here. I see my shrink here in a few minutes, and it'll be the last time I see him until March because I'm going to be too busy. So uh, know that I'm praying for you every day, that I love you, that I pray for you twice a day, and uh, no matter what, no matter where, and I just ask you to please pray for me, okay? The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.